0: Matt, Patricia reminds me of Mongo from uh, Blazing Saddles, man. I just
1: <laughs> Cheese for wings.
0: Yeah. And then maybe Probably. like, put just like edit in some silence and then just put a cricket sound effect.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Comes custom when you use that word. Right. I hope it was like, all right, everyone on week three, throw your hands up, do some crazy shit, and let's get back to real football in week four.
0: Hi. This is Jerry Kramer, and you're listening to The Sweep.
1: Oh, I have sizzle. How do you know what that means? No one knows
0: what it means, but it's provocative. Nice <gasps> gets broke. the people going.
2: All right, here we go, fella. let that? Have a little fun today.
1: What is happening, Pack Nation? We are back again to do what we do best in Talks and talk some Packer football. Tonight, I am joined once again by Cameron Gilbert, along with special guests covering the Buffalo Bills, Del Reed, who co-founded the Bills Mafia. Yes, again, that Bills Mafia. But first, a quick shout out to our sponsors, the Ground Round and Nina and Pride and Glory Clothing Company. Make sure you check them both out on Twitter and Facebook or online at groundroundnina.com and prideandglory63.com. And while you're at it, make sure and follow the sweep on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Pack to the Future, PackersTalk.com, and now on SoundCloud. Basically, you can find us anywhere. Give us a like or subscribe to get all the latest and greatest from the Packers. All right, now let's get to it. So here we are, week four. We're one, one, and one. That's so weird. We just got embarrassed by Washington, which we will get into in a minute. But before we do that, let's welcome in back in Mr. Cameron Gilbert.
0: Great to be here, Fred. Thanks for having me.
1: I feel like we're this one, one, and one thing. Just it feels awkward.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's it's you want to be trending one way or the other, and I don't we don't really know who we are right now. And uh, it's, a, it's a weird place to be. It's a little bit purgatory-like.
1: I hate it. I straight up hate it. That's all I'm going to say. It feels it, – it, the Bears are leading the division. Clay Matthews cannot tackle a quarterback. Well, he can. He's not allowed to. Uh, McCarthy seems to be all up in arms. We got a few things to talk about. Uh, and we'll start – mainly with the clay matthews tackle again here we are week three i should say we're going into week four now and we're talking again about the clay matthews hit and whether or not it was fair or foul So my question to you, Cam, is this, because people keep bringing it up to me, keep asking me what's going on, what the deal is. Is it illegal? Is it not? uh, All these sorts of things. My question to you is, is this a direct hit at Clay Matthews or is it just a genuine misconception on what the rule needs to be?
0: Well, I think you can tell from the way that, the uh, refs reacted that like ref central reacted uh, that it's uh, they're, they're very defensive. They released a statement defending the call right away. uh, I think before the game had even ended. Um, And uh, it's just, if everybody was being called the same, if, if every hit was being called the same, uh, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it, but uh, it's so irregular what like the weight on the quarterback means and what the hit window is and it's like it's like replacement refs and that it affects every team differently and and that's just the kind of stuff you can't see because if I mean if this was if they were calling this on every on everybody the same uh, then that would apply universally across the league and uh, we'd adjust to the new rule but right now we don't know what's legal
1: well, that's the problem I have with it is, is it's not being called universally. It's, it's not even being called correctly in the same game. Uh, we all saw Allen's tackle uh, was suplex, basically, right. of Aaron Rodgers and puts all of his weight on it, whereas Clay Matthews hits what I would consider to be a perfect tackle and then tries drastically to remove his weight as soon as the ground is hit by putting his hands up So even within the same game, within the same refs, we're not seeing the same call. You know, I can understand from game to game, officiating crew to officiating crew. I I, I get it. They're all different. It's different circumstances. But within the same game, that's where I start to question whether or not is it just them being out for – I I don't want to say that they're out for Clay Matthews because I think that's juvenile and ridiculous. But you have to start to wonder, what's going on here? Why is it – without a question clay every sack which let's be honest it's pretty great that he's getting sacks but every time he makes a hit it's a flag whereas every time anyone else does it's not necessarily and and the hits that aren't being called seem more dangerous than the ones that are
0: yeah and and you know it's 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 strange cuz like you got to like think about body size and i think interior pass rushers uh, I just, maybe they don't pass the eye test of, of being violent, but they're so much larger that they're going to cause more damage, you know? And like, I guess clay comes streaking off the edge. He's trying to convert, uh, power to speed, um, and vice versa to get around, uh, uh, an addresser and, and maybe, you know, that just looks more – I mean, he gets closer to the quarterback once he releases or something. I, it's it's speculative. I don't know. And we, we saw the uh, the guy for the Dolphins this week who uh, – he, he sacked the quarterback, and then he tried to, like, move his – rotate his legs, and he tore his ACL. So he was trying to avoid the penalty. And uh, on the other side of the country, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, on a open field uh, non-contact injury, his ACL tears. So. You don't really know, like, who are we protecting right now? Like, I guess I understand that, the, that, yeah, we don't want an Anthony Barr situation. We don't want to take away that element of entertaining, of taking away our top level quarterbacks. But, yeah, you got to normalize the calls. And you got to, I don't know, I, I think they should do something like the NHL does on Twitter with uh, Brendan Shanahan. He'll always put up examples and explain why something was called um and that that'll expose kind of like the loopholes and the hypocrisy and uh i don't know i just i I think there's got to be some sort of solution here and they need to figure it out fast
1: i think it's a damn shame uh to be totally honest with you and and i think it's it's partly ruining the game because when you think about it and you kind of brought it up you mentioned a few of the other examples just from this last week injuries are going to happen whether or not we try to safeguard every single player or not. Uh, the bar situation on Rodgers is, is becoming kind of the scapegoat, uh, the blame. Everyone is saying this, this rule is happening because of Rodgers. And there's, there's a partial truth to that. But I don't want to take away from the game. And if that means that we have to lose some premier talent along the way for a season, again, that's part of the game. Yeah. Guys have been injured for decades and centuries in this game. And to try to complete, like I said, safeguard it, it, it's just, it's not going to happen because you're going to get guys who, like you said, get hurt trying to be better. Or you're going to get guys who don't play as hard. You're going to get quarterbacks who eventually will realize that they can't be hit and that will be used to their advantage. Or you're going to get on the flip side, which a lot of people had commented on the sweep on Facebook, which we really appreciate, um, that if they're going to get called for it, you might as well go in and be as egregious as possible.
0: A couple of guys have brought that up in the league, for sure.
1: I mean, if you're going to get, it's that old classic saying, if you're going to call me for it, you're going to blame me for it. Well, then I might as well do it. And you're trying to make things safer. And in the act, you're actually making things more violent. And I think that's where the NFL needs to sit down and kind of, you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a negotiation type kind of thing, but reconsider what they're doing because this isn't the right way to do it. Um, and, and things are happening. I, I, I can't stand it. I, I when it happened, the, the bar that I was at was crazy, went nuts. Uh, people are texting me, telling me the same thing. Obviously we saw Mike McCarthy go ape shit on the sideline, which as much as I've been disliking him this year, I liked to see that. I liked to see the fight. Yeah. Um, but man, if they, if they think that they can continue this season that way, uh, I, I know that people will say, Oh, I'm not going to watch. And, and you're going to lose fans. You're not. Cause people are still going to tune in on Sunday. They just are. Um, but you have to consider the long-term effects of it and, and what your truest of true fans are going to think. And, I, and, and that is they're going to disengage from the game a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think if, you, uh, if you have enough refs that uh, are affecting the outcomes of games, especially late in the games, um, you kind of just need to swallow your whistle. Like, like you see the best NBA refs you know, loosen up a little bit uh, when at the critical juncture, and then if you see somebody really trying to be unfair, like you make that judgment call, right? And and I think in this case, we're just we're changing the narratives of some of these games, and 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 you know, like to to be completely fair, that's like that's definitely not the reason we lost this game. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we've got I think what seven or eight new uh, officials uh, this year, um, and and you just don't want to see anybody sort of become like a ref personality like for anything other than the size of their biceps uh like you just don't want refs to become like known personally you know and and i think that's uh that's something that uh they need to they need to sit down and figure it out for sure
1: is it too much power do they get too much power is that the problem is i mean are they are they are they i don't know I just rack my brain constantly trying to figure out why this is happening and why this has become such an issue. Um, You know, there was a stat, I I can't quite remember where, but I think it was something like Clay Matthews has had only four roughing the passer calls since his career started. And yet he's in the first three weeks, you know, like that, again, that's where I look at it. Like, is it, are they making Clay Matthews the, the figurehead of this, this new rule. And, uh, you know, is he becoming that guy? And, and if that's the case, that's a, again, that's a damn shame. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that they make the right moves. I hope they do some things to change it. Um, well, I hope we don't have to, to bring this up again next week. Um, I mean, I, th- I think I,
0: I imagine that the competition committee at some point, maybe next year, Uh, Well, first of all, you know, I I hope the union realizes how much power and leverage they have, but the competition committee at some point in the next year will probably make it sort of like a a incidental running into the kicker thing. So like if you make a clean hit, but you land on a quarterback, that'll be like a five yard penalty or something. I don't know. Like like if they want to keep that in, they need to compromise on it because they're not calling it normally right now. And uh yeah, it's just uh I mean Drew Brees is completing what like eighty percent of his passes, I think. So so like it's 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 like what do you want to see? Uh do, do you just wanna see seven on seven? I don't know. Um it's 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 like a strange a strange there's too much changing right now and they need to like put the laws into stone, I think.
1: Is it and I'm going to go on the limb again here, but, you know, I would say in the last few years, defense has really kind of risen to the top. Uh, We've seen, you know, championship teams be a little bit more defensive orientated. There's not as much as the high-flying offense. There is, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, I'm not saying there isn't, but is this a way for the NFL to, like you pointed out, let it just be, 500 yard passing games and six touchdowns and and just get out of control is that what they want or you know is that more intriguing to the common fan than a a good hard-nosed defensive game well i think
0: like it's it's more a matter of of systems that are working right now and and though you mentioned yeah like like if we talked about like the nfc afc championship games last year where we only had Tom Brady was the only like, really good quarterback there, and then it was three teams with mediocre quarterbacks and good defenses. Um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a system thing, though. I mean, look at Mahomes. I, I don't want to take anything away from him, but I don't think a Texas Tech quarterback uh, who's, who's just you know throwing 70 times a game in college uh, can make it in the NFL unless the rules change or the system really allows him to uh just slang the ball all over. And uh the new helmet rule, um, these new tackling rules, like I think they're they've really opened up the game and they're changing how guys are playing. And so it's opening up like all this like this new hybrid safety linebacker. Um that type of position, uh these tweener positions, um, where maybe you're just more about pursuit or uh, cutting off angles. um, it's it's changing the way the ball is being played on both sides um and i think uh even though those defenses are prominent like the we're having more that's because we're having more five thousand yard passers every year and it's easier to uh create that type of hyper offensive uh, system than it is um to to i don't know develop a an unstoppable defense
1: change is inevitable. Uh, no doubt about it, but it, it's, it's pissing me off. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm starting to be that old grandpa on the porch, you know, just mad at every kid that walks by cause his pants are hanging too low or the music's too loud. Um, and I love my old school football, uh, the kind of football we grew up with and, and most of our listeners have grown up with. Um, I think it's, it, it's going to change. Um, well, I, th- I, I thought it was
0: interesting even, uh, just quick aside, Joe Theismann, uh, was very passionate about how stupid he thought those penalties were, and that's a a Redskins guy, and B a guy whose career was ended with his leg being snapped in half by LT. So, yeah. so I mean, he's one of the most famous examples of protect the quarterback, and and I thought I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, there's there's been a lot of voice on social media from current and and ex players weighing in, and, and I would say uh, probably ninety nine point nine percent is in favor of. The football we grew up watching um, and not these new rules. But along with change, I want to talk about one other thing um, that comes with that word change, and that's Mike McCarthy. Um, is it time to consider? I, mean, I know it's early. We're week three. Every year we have one or two of these losses, even at our best. Even when we were playing lights out, we would still end up with one or two head scratching losses that you would be like, that's not us. Aaron Rodgers obviously hobbled, Um, you know, a lot of new pieces, new coordinators. I get all of that, but the management of the game, the clock management, the time management and his decisions uh, at the end of the first and throughout the game have become highly questionable. I know from a few of of our good listeners, Chris Kellett has brought it up. Uh, My good buddy, Blaine, who hosted last year with me, he's brought it up is it time that we consider moving on from McCarthy? And if we do, how do we do that?
0: So it's, it's McCarthy's survival mechanism is being just good enough to not get fired. Yeah. And, and not good enough to, uh, repeatedly dominate other teams with less talent in the NFL. He gets out coached regularly and, um, watching that game, I, I kept thinking this is like the most McCarthy-esque game I've seen in a long time. Um, and uh, it, 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 fe- it feels like watching uh, Planet Earth or something like that, where you're watching like uh, an apex predator, like a snow leopard or a lion hunting some dumb antelope or a goat. And they just like, it's just, you know, it's so dramatic in the fight. It, it, the chase takes 15 minutes. And in the end, the lion just ends up licking its paws pretending it's not totally embarrassed to not get that kill and you know you can point to these drops you can point to these penalties but this game with this kind of talent we have should not fix on drops like no.
1: that's
0: be- that's because you're stretching these plays too far you're not working on timing Aaron Rodgers didn't practice all week and you're doing all these precise timing routes um and you look at how all these other teams are manufacturing offense with uh you know, misdirection plays and, and, and much more creative, uh, route trees and, and McCarthy just seems to keep wanting to prove his philosophy and he refuses to change. And, uh, I would love to see, uh, a change made there, but, uh, I think what's going to happen is we're going to be, you know, just good enough to, uh, get another year of McCarthy.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think it's something you know similar to Capers. Uh, me and Blaine talked about this all the time over the last couple of years. And he would have just god-awful games, classic what we thought Capers games. And then he'd have one fantastic game. And everybody would get off the bandwagon of fire Capers. Uh, it would usually always be right around the end of the season. So that was the last taste that we had. And we kind of just felt with that. But with, with McCarthy and with, within the Washington game, You have a quarterback with one leg who ended the game with zero legs, Uh, his hamstring, and then, of course, his knee. It was raining. You had a running game that was averaging 5.8 yards, Mm -hmm. and you had a running back in Aaron Jones who was was averaging seven yards. Why the hell are you not running the ball? Why? I don't – I mean – I don't it's, see the reasoning behind not just powering the ball for most of the game, letting Aaron, like you're still putting the game on Aaron's on his shoulders when his legs aren't there. And it, it, it's one thing to say, Hey, run the ball. Aaron's hurt. Okay. Maybe that doesn't work out, but the, the numbers are there. You're averaging six yards to carry seven with Aaron Jones. It doesn't take, you know, you only rushed it 17 times.
0: Yeah. And and, and Aaron was on his back, what, four or five times in the first half alone. Exactly. So what
1: are you doing? Why not? I mean, it's, I think it goes to your point of him trying to prove, no, 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 look at me. I can, I can, I can make this offense really exciting and fun, but it's not, it's not, it hasn't been in six years.
0: Yeah. He gets too cute. He tries to show how smart he is and then Aaron has to bail him out.
1: It's not smart anymore. It was smart again, six years ago. The league has changed. We're seeing that. We just talked about that for the last 10, 20 minutes uh, just with the rules, but even with coaching and you see in the quarterbacking and and the offensive schemes, you're using misdirection. You're using arounds. You're using uh, motion to mess with players. I mean, you look at guys like Shanahan and McVeigh and Gruden. I mean, it's a difference. It's, it's, you're you got your old head McCarthy and you got this new generation of guys coming in. We should give someone like these new guys to Aaron Rodgers to just for the, for the end of his career to just to do some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, just because think about what like a McVay could do with Rodgers and that, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or a Shanahan. I mean, it's just, and yet here we are running the same offense that we've ran for the last three years i with a really good running back and we're not even running it. I just, it, it blows my mind.
0: It's extremely frustrating and it's, it's gonna, it puts a lot of things at risk, particularly Aaron Rodgers' health. Um, and uh, man, I mean, but like the only, the only like surefire solution I would see is if you could like lure somebody like Josh McDaniels uh, immediately um, or something like that. I think that would be really fun. And uh, I, I don't get who McCarthy thinks he is. I don't know who he is watching, and says like, "Oh, this this will, this works." Like, look over here. Look at what they've done. Because even teams with elite quarterbacks, like even uh, the you know the Saints and uh, the Patriots, you see how much like halfback, uh, how many like speed screens they do, and middle yeah. screens, and like halfback throughout the formation. And all this like really creative stuff. And we don't do any of that. I think we roll out three wide receivers, one back, one tight end, 95% of the time. Like it's, it's yeah. like we don't do any stack releases. We don't do anything that, uh, that sets up natural picks. We don't really make safeties make hard decisions. Like I think we make good secondaries. Uh, or We make like mediocre secondaries look good um, because it's kind of easy uh, to pick apart what we're doing and it's and it's really in the broken plays and uh like rogers maybe picking a part of zone that uh that 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 we get the most chunk gains and uh yeah you, you know i i hope i hope uh brian sees that i hope uh everybody on the board sees that i don't know i i mean i would like a, a change there eventually or i would like mccarthy to you know go on a Zen retreat and and kind of change his personality and maybe grow a little bit.
1: I don't think I see that happening. I don't don't either. Yeah. Confident in his own self. Um, But it has to be so, you know, again, if you, if you decide to go that route, it's gotta be the right choice and you have to make the right move because you're, you're dealing with the greatest quarterback of all time and you want to make sure that that, that transition is is solid and fluid and and not something that's going to, you know, rub somebody the wrong way i just you know if you take away even just the play calling by mccarthy the management the clock management throughout the last few years has just been terrible he doesn't seem to know how to get the most out of the minutes that he has um i mean watch his his timeout usage you know you look at even just the end of the second half or the first half sorry i mean that was a joke there was an opportunity uh to to maybe put some points on the board and he and he chose not to um 13 years man 13 years and and the guy still can't do simple math and and manage the clock Uh,
0: yeah
1: that to me is is an issue uh i just i don't know i I don't know i've for for a long time i've been vocal on here and and, in with people that you know I backed up McCarthy. I'll admit it. I totally backed him up. I wanted to see the excellence, you know, rekindle. But after year, after year, after year, and it's the same thing and the rest of the league is evolving. We are not, we are stuck in 2010 living on a prayer, hoping that that might, someone might not have watched film from that year. <laughs> and we might could be able to go in and kick some ass, you know, like, You look at the upcoming matchup with the Bills. I mean, in in McDermott, his defense, or their their defense, they're going to know. I mean, Micah Hyde's there. He's basically going to say, well, this is what they're going to do. Right. I saw saw it for eight years on my own. I mean, he wasn't here eight years, but the five or six years he was here, you know, I mean. I mean,
0: it's also literally 2010 with uh, Joe Philbin, and that's your – that's 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 your offensive genius yeah
1: (laughs) yeah you know and I like Joe Philbin I thought he did a great job and I thought he implemented the right things but if it wasn't the most obvious telltale sign of I'm gonna hold on to that one short span of my career where we dominated teams why don't you bring back your offensive coordinator from eight years ago and and see if you know what I mean like what are you doing Why we're going backwards we're not supposed to be going backwards Right, It's a progressive league, we are not supposed to be going backwards. And here we are thinking, eh, maybe one more time. No, 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 no. Nothing has ran the same as it was in 2010.
0: It's Yeah, I mean, it's like people talk about it. uh, You listen to all these talking heads talk about John Gruden uh, being out of the league for 10 years, and they're just like, you know, things change so much that he's going to be so out of touch, and he's going to expect even, like, different attitudes from players that he coaches um i think mccarthy and rogers have a relationship that is really damaging the professional success there i i think uh rogers probably goes to bat for him all the time um I, i i doubt he's ever considered uh another coach in his life um and uh maybe part of that is i mean mccarthy was at uh the 49ers when Rodgers was drafted, right? And uh, evaluated both quarterbacks and um, really liked Rodgers and was like that voice for him over there. So, so I mean, they have like this personal tie that uh, it makes it makes it hard to, to deal with. But but you kind of saw with the firing of the QB coach um, and how vocal Rodgers was about that. Um, but, you know, it's your job and deal with it. Unless you win Super Bowls, you don't get everything you want. And uh I, I think that's uh that's fair. I mean, you have to perform uh to keep your job.
1: So do you think that as much as it's McCarthy, do you think maybe it's Aaron Rodgers? Maybe it's him not wanting to let go of of having somebody at the head coach position who basically gives him free reign, uh, understands, you know, not saying that a new coach wouldn't, you know, understand his greatness, but you know, he's kind of got, you know, this, this coach who they're friends and they don't, you know, I don't know how good of friends, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but they're able to, you know, he's able to do what he wants to do and McCarthy just lets him. And how do you bring in a, a young coach? Say you bring in someone like a McVeigh, obviously you're not, but someone of that, that newer genre. Um, and how do you have that guy tell Aaron Rodgers what to do? And tell him well, if his mistakes, or that he's not doing the right thing. I mean, how do you how do you make that happen?
0: Well, I think you can look and see how McVeigh relates to his players, and it's not like he's buddy buddy with them, but it's like we're in this boat together. You know, let's land on the beach together, and uh, you know, totally different vibe than you get from like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, which is like marriage that ended years ago, stand together for the kids because you win championships or whatever um and and with McCarthy and Rogers it's it just seems like like they're 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 just like they respect each other they really like each other and uh they like working with each other and it's just like a pleasurable thing for them but um yeah I really think it limits uh what we can do I, I think you know 12 has to be watching film and seeing what other teams are doing and uh I mean, he's got to hate being like a talking, like a color guy during like playoff games and stuff or coming in and doing like analysis or whatever, because he sees what these other offenses are doing. That's, that's gotta be compelling, you know, in the least, like you kind of want to wish you could play in some of those systems. Um, And uh, I don't know. I mean, either he's, he's, he's brainwashed or he's just very loyal friend. That's, those are my theories.
1: They're good. I mean, they're de- they they're not that crazy, and that's the messed up part. Is that should be crazy, but it's not, and and that's to me the biggest concern here. Um, all right, Clay Matthews. We got Mike McCart. I mean, it's time. It's time we move, folks. It's time we go forward. Uh, we did bring in Brashad Breland. Uh, want a quick like, that, who yeah. I love. Uh, pretty sure Blaine also was a big fan of his. Uh, so huge shout outs all night long to Blaine here. Uh, huge
0: upgrade. He's a major upgrade.
1: Huge, huge upgrade. I wasn't a huge of fan until I realized that he's only 26. I thought he was a little older than that. Uh, but you're talking about a 26 year old guy who was at the top of the free agent class last year, uh, had to, you know, got denied the $8 million contract with Carolina because of a freaky foot thing.
0: Yeah. Just now, a foot he, thing,
1: a freaky foot thing, you know, who knows? Uh, was an infection or something weird like that. And now we bring him in for one year under a million. Uh, tall, uh, I shouldn't say super tall, but tall enough, rangy, uh, good ball skills, quick, uh, and can cover. Uh, I, Devon House looked like he couldn't do much of that anymore. Yeah. Uh, love Devon House, you know, appreciate the things he did. Again, here we are going backwards. Uh, let's bring back Devon House. Let's bring back Tremont Williams. Right. And maybe we'll go back to 2010. Let's uh, bring
0: back Casey Hayward. That would be nice.
1: Let's bring back Hayward. Let's bring back Micah Hyde. Uh, you know, let's bring back a few of those guys. Uh, man, it's just it's, it's so creepy how this is uh, when you look at it. But um, yeah, I think a huge upgrade. I love him. I'm super excited to watch him play. Um, and if you, you know, if he ends up being what he is, and we retain him for a few more years. You know, Breland King, Alexander Jackson could be a pretty exciting, uh, you know, foursome in that secondary.
0: Yeah, and I, I think he's a stopgap guy, but um, he does play with a lot of speed. Um, he's got pretty good ball skills. Uh, he looked re- I mean, he's playing opposite of Josh Norman last year, but uh, he, he's good on his own right, and he can play on an island. And uh, that's kind of what we need with our safeties right now. And uh, I saw earlier today that Eric Reed was picked up by the Panthers, uh, even though he's suing the league. So, I mean, I guess we'll, I'm we'll see. I'm pretty
1: sure what... he'll drop that now that he got picked up.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was a big upgrade. Um, but, man, we got a lot of injuries this week. And, uh, I don't know, Petten uh, was talking about getting Fackrell more snaps.
1: Uh, That's which... the key.
0: Is it is it the key? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I've been a huge I was a huge fan of Facil coming out and I really thought that he had a lot of potential and, and could fit. You know, I knew it was gonna take a couple years. Um for sure he was obviously raw, but I like the size, I like the the ability. And man on oh man was I completely wrong. Uh he yeah. just gets burnt or I shouldn't even say burnt. He just gets thrown around like a rag doll by offensive yeah. linemen. And it's it's ridiculous. He's six seven. I mean, he put on another twenty. Play, like, come on, dude. Um, so yeah, I was I was very wrong with uh, Fakrell. And if that's Petten's answer, then we're shit out of luck.
0: Well, I'm sure I'm sure uh, we're gonna see a lot more Reggie Gilbert. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll move uh, Clay around. Uh, maybe don't send him past Russian just to avoid some penalties. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean. Bryce, Bryce is another guy that's got to go on a vision quest. And uh, I hope you, I hope you listen to this podcast, man. I hope he, uh,
1: I will make sure and send it to him on. Here's
0: here's what we're saying about him.
1: You know and It sucks because Bryce came off last year and I think a lot of people were excited about him. Um, I don't think that he was ready to be a starter. Um, I think he was going to kind of be a situational, you know, kind of certain third down type, you know, help. Uh, But with Josh Jones being out and and some other things happening, he kind of got thrusted into it. He's not ready. Uh, He's always been that hard hitter, and that was cute. Uh, But when it comes to tracking balls and and finding where he needs to be, he's lost. He looks lost out there sometimes, and it's killing us. Um, So I'm hoping that Josh Jones can come back. Uh, I'm hoping that we can kind of find something there because as much as this game three weeks ago looked like the game we were going to skate by, um, and I'm not saying that because – the Bills beat the Vikings where they did that. We have an easy shot, but, uh, or they're not going to lose, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, as most games are, I mean, we said that with Washington, it wasn't going to be a cinch and, and look what happened. So, um, there needs to be some, something happened, something changed, uh, some, some changes in, in, whether that's personnel or scheme, but, uh, it's, it's got to change. We're kind of starting to get into the season here. It's week four. Like yeah. pretty early. I, I get that. But before we know it, it's going to be week five and week six, and then week seven. And now we're looking at the half point of the year.
0: Well, I think as I think as long as these young DBs uh, see some continuity and uh, don't get hurt or you know develop something like a lingering hammy or toe injury or something, um, we're going to continue to see them improve. And I don't think it's going to be like a smooth slope of improvement because um, they're going to be seeing a lot of different stuff, uh, over the season. Uh, and that includes, you know, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Russell Wilson, um, Matt Ryan. Like, I, I think, you know, those guys pick on young DBs and, uh, they're going to, they're going to get a feel for that. But, um, I think there's enough that they've got going on now and enough to build on that we can see like, uh, a real lot of confidence upgrades on this defense, which I think uh, improves play all around. But uh, you know, to, it starts with the with the run too. I mean, uh, even our even our good guys, even our front seven, uh, didn't do a lot to stop uh, ADP.
1: That was a flashback. I didn't want to see either.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, yeah. It it was rough. Uh, there needs to be. Some serious bounce back. Uh, Rogers did practice today, so that's a plus. Uh, at least he'll get a couple days in before the game. Um, but yeah, it's gonna. There's gonna have to be some change here to beat Buffalo. Do you? Uh, do you got anything you want to? You want to add in before we kick it off to Batley and then bring in Dell?
0: Well, I just yeah. I think I think this week um, you saw what the Bills did to the Vikings last week, and that's what I said we needed to do, which was get up two scores on them. Um, and I guess maybe it's three scores cause they're up 17 to nothing. Um, but, but Josh Allen, uh, he builds confidence as he goes. So, uh, we can't let up that, uh, you know, like the 45 Richardson completion right off the bat. Um, Alex Smith is the same way. He's not going to throw deep unless he thinks he can do it. Um, and that's kind of rare for him, but, uh, Josh Allen is a, is like a confidence guy. So, um, uh, if we can get on top of him. And uh, if we can uh, contain them, uh, then I think uh, we'll have a pretty easy time of it. And we'll see some, some guys step up, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, if you let him get going and you come out flat like we did last week, I mean, last week it just stayed flat the whole game. But uh, if you come out limping or come out flat, then, then it's going to be a game. And that's just the way the NFL is. And people sense blood. They can taste blood in the water. So if you show weakness, you know, they're going to take advantage.
1: True that man. True that. All right. You want to hit a prediction before we bring in this guy?
0: Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to go uh 24, 13 pack.
1: I got 21, 17. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a close game. I think we're going to get a little bit of a scare um, hoping that McCarthy can figure out some time management here and, and keep us just enough, to, to that last that last click on the clock here. Um, but we'll find out. We'll uh, quick grab a word here from uh, Ryan Batley over at the Ground Round and then we'll bring in Del Reed from the Bills Mafia.
0: What's up, Packer fans? Ryan Batley from the Ground Round Grill and Bar here. Proud sponsor of the Sweep
2: and the Fuzzy Thurston Sportsman Award. Packer season is here and we're your one-stop shop for entertainment needs. 21 TVs, happy hour seven days a week, daily specials like Tuesday Bogo Burgers, and stellar service from our team that's going to make sure you leave happy. If you plan to catch the game action at home, check out our full delivery service offered daily, including breakfast delivery on the weekends. If you're heading north on game day, play it safe with our Packer Tailgate Bus. 20 bucks will get you safely to and from Lambeau Field, plus a free beer when you get back. Call to reserve your seat at 920-725-1010. Ed, it's back to you. Go Pack Go.
1: All right. Thanks, Batley. It is time to circle the wagons and talk some Buffalo Bills. I want to welcome in co-founder of Bills Mafia. Yes, the Bills Mafia and founder of 26 Shirts, Mr. Del Reed. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: So before we get into too much of the bills, I want to obviously kind of break it down, see what you guys got to do, what we got to do to win this week. You guys had a miraculous victory over the Vikings, Queens, which we thank you so much, by the way. That was fantastic. It really eased the pain of our loss. Um, But before even we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about your incredible company, 26 shirts. I've, I've looked into it. It's fantastic. I want to hear a little bit more about it.
2: Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, So as you uh, mentioned a few moments ago, I one of the guys that started the whole Bill's Mafia thing, um, that was long before people started jumping into tables, <laughs> but um, <laughs> kind of came up with that term, found myself with this big social media audience, uh, kind of came out of nowhere once that took off. It really was just a joke I made. I felt uh, a responsibility to do something with this audience that I I'd kind of accidentally stumbled into. and tried a couple different things, eventually landed on selling Buffalo football themed t-shirts. It was going to just be a one year uh, community uh, service project that I wanted to do. And it very quickly took off to the point where uh, it became pretty obvious early on that it didn't have to be one year. That's where the number comes from, by the way, too. 52 divided by two is 26. So in theory, that's how many designs we would release in a year. Um, And... So it became apparent that we were going to do this more than just that, that first year. And then we eventually expanded into um, other markets as well, too. So uh, we have a, a Chicago line and a, and I apologize for that being, you know, a Green Bay center. Has okay. <laughs> the Chicago line and a Pittsburgh line. We did a Cincinnati one for a little while, but we realized we were spreading ourselves a little too thin. We weren't really getting the traction there that we wanted. So we, we, we closed that one down. Um, We put it on, actually, on hiatus. We'd like to bring it back. Um, And so, yeah, so we've been around almost five years now. We've managed to raise and donate uh, over $525,000 to date. Um, So uh, it's pretty great. It's been well-received and gives people an opportunity, gives fans the opportunity to express their fandom while at the same time giving back in a tangible way to you know, their fellow fans uh, who are in need.
1: I think it's amazing. I love the idea. I love the idea that you guys do a shirt for two weeks and then you take it off the market. Um, I think that's, that's such a genius idea. You guys just did an Allen one, right? I believe of him leaping.
2: Yeah, yeah. We just released that one on Monday. So we're only on our third or fourth day into it now. Um, and it's been very well received. <laughs> um, it's on the cusp, I think, of becoming like a top 10 shirt for us all time. And we're only like three or four days in. So.
0: that was was Anthony bar that got posterized in that. So, uh, we're appreciative of that play a lot. big time.
2: I'm appreciative of it too. It was was (laughs) was not an expected, uh, turn of events this past Sunday, but, um, so yeah, so we, you know, we have, uh, we try to keep our designs relevant to what's going on, what people are interested in. Um, and it kind of, you know, it all kind of flows out from that.
1: 26shirts.com, right? Alright, people go check them out. Check out Pride and Glory63 as well, always. But check out 26 shirts.com. I love it. I I looked at a bunch of the designs the other day. Fantastic. Um, funny, creative, interesting stuff. Besides that, you co-founded the Bills Mafia, which has kind of become a big deal. I mean, it's a huge, a huge deal amongst just and the NFL fans being, that's what we refer to as the Bills fans, the Bills mafia. I think it's awesome. Um, Cameron and I being from Wisconsin being cheeseheads, we kind of get that craziness, that small town vibe, you know, the freezing your, your ass off for a football game, excessive drinking, lots of eating kind of crazy. We're pretty much related in that sense. You know, the cold weather, the craziness
2: small market.
1: Yeah. One small market. Yeah. One thing though, we have not, we have not quite mastered in Green Bay I don't know if we're going to adapt to it is the, the table smash jump, however you want to call it. How did that start? And are you saddened by the banning of it?
2: Uh, okay. So full disclosure, I've never jumped through a table. I don't know how it started. Um, it's only something within the past few years because the whole bills mafia moniker has been around for about seven years now. Um, So, I always tell people that Bill's Mafia, that term has kind of grown up and left the house. You know, it's kind of become something that belongs to all fans, and apparently people started yelling it before they jumped off a van, you know, the roof of a van and landed on a table. So, I can't really speak too much to that. You know, I'm a 42-year-old suburban dad. I don't really end up through too many tables, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think one person did it, and then it got on Deadspin or Barstool or something, and it just kind of, like
0: went viral. Well and, I th- it's 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 a step up from throwing dildos.
2: Uh yeah, yeah, sure, it's definitely a, a classier. <laughs> it's not I don't know how much is below it, but that's it's definitely above that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: how spicy do you guys go with your wings?
2: Uh how spicy? Uh, I don't know, I get everything hot. So, uh, depending on the the restaurant you go to that means different things to different restaurants but i don't normally go for hot you know is is anchor
0: is anchor bar the uh the staple
2: uh it's definitely you know they, they claim to be the first ones that ever uh did you know chicken wings i mean everybody else calls them buffalo wings and buffalo we just call them wings but uh they were the they supposedly the first ones to ever do it uh, there's been a lot of other restaurants locally that have also kind of obviously you know done it and, some would say have done it better, but you know if you're if you're in Buffalo, you got to stop by Anchor Bar, and check it out. It's a little bit of a tourist trap, but the food's good,
0: so it's worth it. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, so uh, talking a little bit about the, about the identity of uh, the city, uh, let's talk a little bit about the identity of the Bills. Um, where are you guys at right now? I mean, you just beat uh, Super Bowl favorite uh, Vikings. Um, you lost to the Ravens by. a, a big number in week one. And I think week two was uh, kind of a weird game against the chargers. Um, And so what does your identity depend on now? Is it McDermott? Is it uh, Allen? Is it shady? Uh, Where are you guys going?
2: Yeah, dude, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Last Sunday, I, I think I tweeted during the game at one point, like I expected to be yelling at my television Sunday. I just not for the, reason that I ended up yelling at it though Um, really thought that it was going to be a bloodbath uh, in favor of the Vikings. So I don't know. I think everybody in Buffalo is very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think that the team, although they won't say it out loud, I think they identify themselves. You know, I'm talking about the front office that is in kind of like a rebuilding mode. So uh, for them to win, like they did so handily on on Sunday, at least to fans was pretty unexpected. So, um, in terms of an identity, I think it's going to be an up and down year for the team, obviously with a rookie quarterback, uh, he's going to have his set of growing pains, uh, the offense around him, aside from, you know, LaShawn McCoy, uh, there's a lot to be desired there. So I think there's a lot of players, uh, that he's going to be throwing to and players that are blocking for him. Um, throughout his career in Buffalo that aren't on the roster yet. So I think it's definitely a roster that's in transition. I don't think that uh, Brandon Bean, the the Bills general manager and uh, Sean McDermott, I don't think they expected to do as well last year as they did, Uh, but they kind of just, you know, rolled with it. Um, But I think this year they've really taken it, taken it on to build the roster into something they want and, I think there's, they, they would say that there's a long way they have to go. Sean McDermott's mentioned a bunch of times I this is really just a, you know first and second year guys on this roster. When, in fact, the bills have like the fifth oldest roster um, in, in the league. but when he says it's the first or, you know, first and second year guys, I think what he's talking about more is as they're building that roster out.
1: you guys have a ton of cap space.
2: Not this year. We will next
1: year. Next year. That's what I mean. Next year. So where do you go with it? There, like, I, I mean, do you think next year's the year where you guys, you guys buy in big and start going after guys, or is it going to be, a little bit of both? Because you guys have a lot of, I think, some comp picks coming as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a, a bit of both. I, just because, and I, I, I'm always nervous because be, because just because a team can spend money doesn't mean they're gonna spend it in the right places. Exactly. Um, but. Yeah. They're kind of like, and that's part of, you know, it speaks to the point of the rebuilding. Like I think they jettisoned guys who just weren't going to be the, the mentality or the type of player they wanted in the locker room. You know, you look at them trading Marcel Darius to the Jaguars and, uh, Sammy Watkins to the Rams last year. And, uh, just, you know, even Taylor, Tyrod Taylor to the, the Browns. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next year, but they're going to have to move, you know, a lot of the championships that you see won or teams that are contending for it the past several years, you think of the Seahawks, for example, like uh, they they draft that rookie quarterback and hopefully he comes out of the gate strong and they're able to pay all of the other positions on the team. They're going to help lift it to that championship level. While the quarterback, you know, arguably the most important, player on the roster is on a rookie wage scale so if the bills want to go that route they're going to have to move because you know this is obviously Allen's rookie year but those years are going to go by quickly if they don't start putting the roster together
1: that's you want to go cam
0: sure yeah so so i mean i guess what do you what do you see out of uh out of sean mcdermott do you see more Andy Reid and him. Do you see? I mean, I know your guys. Your front seven is the real deal. Uh, I think he's built them up uh, really nicely. Um, and I actually I went to a wedding in East Aurora a couple of weeks ago. Um, and shout out to Adolphus Washington uh, who, who got cut, but is now in Cincinnati with his girlfriend, on whose flight I was with. I was sitting next to her. Uh, but uh, but that that front seven is sick. You guys are are are. Seems like he's he's built that up pretty nicely. Um, what do you, what do you guys think of him? What's the, what's the kind of vibe?
2: I think, I think for the most part, I think it got a little rocky the past couple of weeks before that Vikings game. But for the most part, I think that fans are, uh, are, are very happy to have him. Um, because cause there's one thing that, you know, the bills were in that limbo for so long because it felt like they just kept firing coaches and bringing in guys and trying to do everything halfway. And so McDermott and Bean they're certainly committed to a direction. Uh, that they're trying to take the team. And most fans, you know, they would tell you, tell you, yeah, okay, it seems like they have an idea of what they're doing, when in fact, like Doug Whaley, the Bills' previous general manager, really was just a guy who liked to collect talented players but not really good at building a team. It's very obvious that McDermott is trying to build a team uh, in, in Buffalo. So, um yeah, he is definitely a defensive-minded coach. That's what he did his whole career. You talk about the front seven, but even the the, the back end of the defense, you know, Micah Hyde, you guys are familiar with him, yep. um, and, and and Jordan Poyer, like what an amazing couple of signings they had last season, uh, bringing those two guys in. And then Tredavious White, the corner uh, who's now in his second year, uh, there's a lot of people that will tell you that he should have been rookie of defensive rookie of the year last year, just an amazing – uh, season he had, but being tucked away in Buffalo, you know, he, he doesn't really get the recognition he deserves. So really um, you could say that the the weak spot on that defense is just the cornerback position opposite him. Um, I think Ryan Lewis, I think may have been the one who started last week uh, who had just been signed after Vontae Davis uh, went to all Vontae Davis. I don't know. <laughs> so, right. But the defense is certainly like, And and, and once McDermott, like the first two games, they were so bad. And we're like, holy crap, this is not the defense we saw last year. But then at halftime at the Chargers game, McDermott took over the play calling for the defense and they like, they kind of shut the Chargers down. Now, obviously the Chargers had a lead. So there's something to be said there, but the defense grossly uh, outplayed the first uh, six quarters before that. Um, And then this past week, you know, they did so well against the Vikings and, people were, you know, fans were wondering like, well, did he, uh, did McDermott call the defense on this game too, or did Leslie Frazier? And it turned out that Leslie Frazier called the defense, which was encouraging because you don't want your head coach, you know, doing all the play calling if he doesn't have to, especially when you've got somebody like Leslie Frazier there on staff. Um, So I don't know, maybe they had a heart to heart and maybe Leslie was calling a different (laughs) game than what McDermott wanted him to.
0: But um,
2: yeah, so I think fans have a lot of trust. In in McDermott, and like I said, it was a little rocky the first the pe- first couple weeks of this season, but it's coming back around now.
1: Offensively, is Josh Allen the real deal? I mean, I know he just hurtled Bar, and I know you guys just beat the Vikings, but from your your true football knowledge, I will say, is Josh Allen the real deal?
2: I don't know, man. He's three games in. It's tough. It's tough to say. You know, um, I hope so. You know, he certainly, since he came in for Nathan Peterman during the, um, during the the the, the, that that first game, um, he has really looked great. And all these criticisms you heard of him before the draft, not really seen it. You know, I've not really seen it in 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 these games. So, it looks like a lot of his accuracy issues had more to do with how his his footwork. Went in college. I don't know why no one could tell him, "Hey, hey, point your feet in this direction um, when you throw the ball." But that seems to have vastly improved uh, this past summer. You know, you wouldn't know that at all. And I, I saw a graphic today or yesterday talking about how the Bills actually lead the league in drops. So um, in terms of percentage and everything.
0: Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to mention that I was watching uh, the game last week, and it just seemed like. Josh Allen actually kind of adjusted his throws so that uh, guys could you know catch them against their body, like Kelvin Benjamin, like can't catch with his hands. Um, it see, it seems to me, I don't know. Um, but but Josh Allen really seemed to adjust to that and uh, made easier to catch throws. Um, I, I, I was impressed by him. Uh, I thought he was he was on point. and uh, yeah, and I, and that the knock on him that that he's not accurate he'd had no weapons in college. Like he did not have a good offense around him. So uh, I think you really can't judge him yet, but I, but I like what I saw last week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sure uh, was encouraging to see. And I think the reason why Bill's fans got so excited and the reason why they're, they're, you know, buying these t-shirts and everything is because you know, th- this guy, like we've, we've seen so many quarterbacks basically since Jim Kelly who have come through here and played a couple seasons and left. This is the first guy we've seen in a long time that has, like, put the team on his back. Like, Josh Allen won that game. He was that offense this past week, especially with Shady out and everything. Um, he really deserves the credit for uh, how the how the game went. And, like you said, adjusting his throws and uh, and all that. So, I think fans are excited. Like, he just actually might be the next franchise guy.
1: He definitely seems like it. I watched him in college and, and when you guys, you know, he kind of started to drop a little bit in the draft and people started to knock him a lot. There was some little fine tuning things that needed to be done, but I think he had that mentality and I think he's bringing that to Buffalo. And I think you guys have embraced him and he's, he's embraced that. And I think he could, you know, he could be the real deal for you guys. And that's, that's exciting to say, uh, because you know, it has been since Jim Kelly, uh, since we've really gotten to see Buffalo with with a legitimate quarterback.
2: Yeah, I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm <ready. laughs> excited. Hey, and if you can keep beating the Vikings, we will support you 110. percent
2: Yeah, I think we. I think the the Bills have beat the Vikings at least the past two times they've met.
0: So, um, so. keep doing it. We'll do our best.
1: Keep doing it. All right, Cam, you got anything else for him?
0: Well, I guess I. I mean, my question is: the Dolphins are three and O. The Patriots are a mess uh what's going on in your division what are you thinking you guys have an opportunity to make a playoff run
2: well I certainly hope so that was a lot of fun last year uh and would love to do it again well and to be honest with you up to this point I haven't seen much of what the Dolphins have done I haven't had a chance to really follow them too closely um but the Jets, they had that great week one and then kind of like fizzled out there uh, the past couple of games. And the Patriots, like it's fun to think about the Bills winning the division, but I don't know, man. I'm still spooked. I'll be spooked until Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick are, are off that team. You know, they, they tend to start slow out of the gate. So we've, we've got a lot to see yet in terms of like what New England's going to do this year. But
0: Yeah, it's early. It's early.
2: Yeah, they and they tend to have, like, one game where they really flop early in the season and everybody says they're done and then they get pissed off and they just start winning games all the time. So starting one and two, there's probably some stat somewhere about the last time that team was under 500, but, um, like, more than two games into the season. So uh, we'll have to see what goes on there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope so. We'll we have to see, though. Like, the Bills look terrible the first two games. They look great this past one. You know, we'll learn, I think, a lot more about the team. This coming Sunday, once they, they play Green Bay.
1: What do they have to do to beat Green Bay?
2: Uh as one radio host locally said, if I had one piece of advice to give Buffalo going into this game, is do not forget about Aaron Rodgers. Because how many times? Like he could he could be down by 14 points with 45 seconds left, and he ends up winning somehow. That that team ends up winning. So I think they really need to be able to really contain that defense has to contain that Packers offense for the full 60 minutes. If they want a shot at, uh, actually winning the game. Can we get a prediction? Can we get a prediction? Um, man, I'm all, I'm all over the place. So, uh, I'd say tie, you know, but, uh, you guys already already checked that box this
1: year. Yep. No more. (laughs)
2: No, I mean obviously as much as I would love to to see it happen. I think I think Green Bay um is going to uh going to take this game. I hope it's closer. Cuz I you know by all accounts there's a lot of people that th- seem to think that that Minnesota is a better team than Green Bay and for them the Bills to have uh you know beat them in theory it, you know they should be able to take Green Bay on, but then they should also have been able to take on Baltimore. So football is weird like that. It's not like a straight up sport, you know, but um, like, like, like a baseball or hockey, like they, teams match up and you can tell which ones because game plans are so different and strategy is so all over the place. But, but yeah, I think Green Bay is going to win this week. I hate to say it, but I don't think it'll be by a huge margin as long as the bills can continue what they started last week.
1: Any given Sunday, man. Any given Sunday,
2: I'm, I'm like I said, I'm here for it. Like, let's go. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to see them. I don't, I don't need to see them beat down the Packers. I'd love, you know, a one-point victory. But um, who knows? It's, it's so tough to say because the Bills, like I said, they were one team for the first six quarters of the season. And in the last six quarters, they've been a different team. So I, I have no idea what to expect.
1: All right, Del, uh, co-founder of Bills Mafia and 26shirts.com. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. We appreciate having you on. If you are ever in Wisconsin, find us. We will hook you up with some cheese curds, some beer, and and we'll keep you away from all tables.
2: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right, thanks so much for coming on, man. Oh, you bet. All right, everybody, that was Dell Reed from Bill's Mafia and 26 Shirts. Please go and check out that, that company, 26shirts.com. Uh, great designs. I know we're not Buffalo fans, we're not Chicago fans, and we're not Pittsburgh fans. I think that's the other place they do too. Um, but check them out. It's for a great cause. Uh, even if you don't support those teams, support the, uh, the logo. Um, tons of money being raised for, for children and families in need. It's just it's fantastic. Um, but we appreciate him coming on. Glad that he didn't bring any tables. Um, would have been nice if he would have, you know, sent us some wings or something from Buffalo. But uh, we should have, we should have bet him, Cam. Uh, yeah, we need to start making wings cheese back or something. or cheese, cheese,
0: cheese for wings bets. Yeah,
1: cheese for wings. Oh. next time, for sure. Next time. All right, uh, that has been another episode of the sweep, and we will be back next week after the Bills. And uh, looking forward to our next opponent, Lions. Fucking lions, dude! Lions beat the Patriots too. How about that?
0: That was crazy, man. That was a crazy game. That
1: comment? Did you see a comment or no?
0: I did not. Matt Patricia reminds me of Mongo from uh, Blazing Saddles. Man, I just
1: yeah. I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, kind of a doofus. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he. <laughs> 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 That's a really good one. Oh, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna call it because that was the, that was the way we're gonna end this show. So thanks again, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, Go, Pat, Go.
0: Go back.